Hello, welcome into the Charge Zone Rugby World Cup 2023 Special Part 2 uh, It's been a while I think the last episode we did was around the start of September, just before the tournament kicked off um, So the group stages are done um, It was a, an enjoyable enough thing, like obviously the rugby itself is enjoyable um, yeah, let's just go straight to it. Well, um, one of the best things that for me definitely is like, and a lot of people have mentioned it, it's just the sheer fan support. And I know France is a rugby mad nation, but like nearly mm. every game, if not every game, has seemingly been virtually packed. Which Yeah, there's definitely know. great numbers even for the uh, the tier two games. Yeah, and like I don't think we'd see that in any other country. So it's... Uh, Every country that isn't France now is just going to be a downgrade. Like, what's the next one? America? Australia, Australia. then America. Australia. Okay, okay. Well, Jesus. <laughs> I think I nearly prefer America at this point. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, like, I don't think you could ask for more in terms of the, 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 well, lo- the locals getting behind just the whole thing. Like, like the, the games are on, like, on a Wednesday at, like, quarter to five. So quarter to six French time, they were still selling out and everything, or there's big crowds. So, yeah, That's wine drinking time. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the time they like that, don't they? That's not quite them. They do do that in the south, though. When it gets too hot, they do take a break. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. nice to hear the uh, the French. I think the French national anthem has been sung at virtually every single game, like which was great, but you know, yeah, I, I suppose. I often complain about rugby fans and our nature, more reserved nature, especially in relation to football. But like, you know, they've they've fronted up, they've proved me wrong to a large extent. So yeah, fair play to them. I like it. Yep. Uh, let's go. We're just gonna go pool by pool. Give us your thoughts, all that kind of crack. So we got Pool A, which featured France, New Zealand, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. So. Just as a sort of a meta-analysis here of all the pools together, I feel like the teams in Pool A and Pool B that aren't the obviously good teams have been so hard done by in that had they have been in Pool C or Pool D, they could have done so much. Yeah. like The likes of Uruguay putting it up to France. I was like, mm. if Uruguay were in Pool C or Pool D, like they'd be fucking rocking it. it it's, mm. it's frustrating that there isn't like... I don't know. I suppose future could be avoided but like the likes of Italy say there's no way Italy are that bad uh, I don't know I, I think I think Italy have really disappointed me well, um, yeah but... like no okay yeah like they're not getting out of that pool no that's unfortunate for them but to play so poorly against New Zealand like and New Zealand are the worst team even in a reduced stage to give up quick, uh, quick scores to because mm. they'll just kill you but France, even the French game, they weren't like that. That's your rebound. That was your chance yeah. to get out of the pool. Still, they just didn't really perform. I, I um, wondered after the New Zealand match if Crowley had kind of nearly got it into their heads that if they go behind early, the game is lost. So he he nearly well, this is all just pure speculation, but he possibly spec said that like he can't give them an early lead, otherwise they're fucked. And sort of drilled that into them. And then once they got an early lead, then it had been so drilled into them that they more or less just gave up. Like, they gave up, which is... Yeah, well, I think, like, when you go behind like that, it means your game plan, you can't do that. Mm. Like, I assume their game plan was maybe keep it close, keep it tight. They didn't want to get into, like, a chasing the game. No one does, so... 
yeah. you have to kind of play off the cuff and then you do that against New Zealand and even further behind. Mm. So basically like it's like the the quarter final we played against them last World Cup where it's like, okay, the game's pretty much over as a contest real quickly. Yeah. yeah. You have uh Do then like yeah. it, and, and I can understand that to a degree, even if the the size of the defeat is, was really disappointing, but I just think that they kind of limply went out against France. Obviously, the host nation, excellent, but like, like what was really the point then of them? Hmm. It, it, they, they, another thing I think may have like uh, come into play a little bit in the New Zealand match was like everyone I feel thought New Zealand were worse than they were, and everybody I think thought Italy were better than they are. Yeah. So like. It's this perfect storm of, and I find it with a lot of the lesser, not lesser nations, but the kind of, the nations that are flirting with the top level sometimes, mm. that uh, as soon as they lose that out and out underdog framing, they just shit the bed majorly. And I think that may have come into play a little bit with Italy. And I think it's come into play with other teams throughout the tournaments as well, in other groups. Um, but yeah, it's just pure give up territory. I don't know, like, I hate calling out individual players, but it seemed to me that their nine, Varney, was, or Var, whatever his name is, the Welsh bloke, was, like, beside every try being scored. Now, whether they were targeting him or it was just unfortunate that he happened to be right there. I think he was covering the backfield a lot of the time, which me- yeah. meant, like, he would have been beside the try scorer anyway. But it, I was like, there's no way you can play him next week. And then there he was next week. Now, I think he had a slightly better game against France, but I don't know. I, I think, too, another thing that came into play here, and again, other people mentioned it, I didn't actually know about this prior to the tournament, was uh, the coach had been given his walking orders in June, which... Yeah, like, always a very uh, strange thing to do. Yeah, that to me, I'm like, I can't, I can't blame him. Like, I'm sure he prepared them as good as he could and everything, but, yeah. like, you know... Like, if his like heart the, players, the players aren't playing for him next year. Hmm. Or even the likes of when uh, Lamaro, their captain, was taken off in the French match. First of all, I think they played better after he went off. Now, that could be for any number of reasons. But he seemed like, uh, let's say, upset about being called off. You know, there could be something there, maybe a bit of a rift between captain and coach. But, you know, it's it's all little things trying to explain a big thing, which hmm. was just not turning up at all. Maybe this, and, yeah, maybe this didn't, they didn't. They didn't get it right like we didn't in 2007. Yeah, yeah. I t- uh, definitely, so, like, for me... It was a step back, I think, from the Italy we saw over the last few years. Yeah, which mm. is unfortunate, because, like, didn't they run us and France close in the last six nations? Yeah. I think they did, anyway. France, definitely. Within... France won by a score at the very end, pretty much. Hmm. Um like we had Bundy at thirteen, so like they they score tries against us, but in the end we were, were comfortable enough. But they think like they have had results of the last few years. Mm, but They've had it's a notable that fucking what's his name? Uh, it's an Irish name. He's New Zealand co- the coach. Whatever Curly, Kieran Curley. Yeah, him. <laughs> he was still in a job at that stage. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and uh, I remember. Like, it's bad that I can't site who it is but i remember in one of the commentary parts they were talking about who's replacing him and he sounded like a bit of a like unproven person not that crowley is necessarily proven but i was like if you're replacing him with someone who's like a proven winner at whatever level which 
let's be honest, possibly Italy can't get those type of people. But like, I'd be like, okay, maybe it's worth getting rid of them. But it seemed like a nearly like for like or or downgrade, which like I was like, he had them purring to an extent where they were nearly getting results, and now on the base of what we've seen recently, like it's as you said, Neil, a total regression. So uh, for me, that their performance was definitely one of the disappointments of the whole tournament. I think like. Yeah, uh, there again, um, it's Gonzalo Exeda, that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stade Francais, current coach. Right, right. And his last club was a club called Hindu in Argentina, and their crest are a dancing elephant with palm trees in the background. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if that was in the UK, it would be shut down for racism a long it's time ago. Yeah. yeah. Shut them down, shut them down. And I suppose one of the bright points in this group would have been Uruguay then, because... You know, yeah, everyone likes the Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, everyone everyone likes Uruguay. Uruguay. yeah well, that's great. Like, um, Namibia, yeah, just poor Namibia. <laughs> yes, big time. They Like, it feels so unfair when teams get put in groups yeah. of death. Like, I, I, think, and, I really think, because rugby is such a difference between the tiers, mm. you should have, like, a mini-tournament say Uruguay, Namibia, Italy, play a couple of games each. So play each other. Yeah. And then the winners of that plays like New Zealand and France. Yeah. So mm. people still get, basically I'm trying to get, like people still get games and I haven't put too much thought in the logistics of this, but you, you basically have like a two tier tournament where you have these lower half pro teams. They play each other. So the games will be quite close enough. They yeah. play a good team. So there's still a possibility for an upset. And it's still possible to go through. And then the better teams will come in later. Now, there's a hundred reasons why you wouldn't do this, but I just think because there's such a difference in... Yeah. Like, now maybe it will never beat New Zealand. Mm. Like, Ireland could play Brazil and get a shock draw in football. Yeah. Like, you just park the bus, someone gets out, like, whatever happens, like... Or they're most likely get blown out five, six nil. But like even with large differences, you go to do something. Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia in the world in the football World Cup there in the group stages, and then they obviously go on to win the tournament. I I was thinking about this some of that angle. I think pulling off an upset in rugby is incredibly difficult. Yes. Um, for refs. (laughs) Who controversial? Well, we'll get to that. I, I have I have a piece to say about Pool C and the refereeing in there. Ooh, but, uh, what about New Zealand and France? What, what are your, they're obviously the ones that made it out of the pool. Yeah, the, France, the better of the teams because they obviously beat uh, New Zealand in the head to head. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so hard to gauge. Like you're looking at that and you're saying, "All right, they're both potentially quite good," but you know. It, it's untested goodness. Because the one chance they had for a test outside of each other was Italy, and that didn't work. So, you know, I still am totally unsure about New Zealand. I think they got a good few players back laterally in the tournament. I think one of the Barretts came back, others who they didn't have prior to that. So, that like, they might have made a difference in that France French match. Um, but, yeah, like, it's strange that it it has a feeling for some teams... That like the tournament begins now almost. Yeah. Um. Well, there, this this pool was always who comes second, who comes first. Yeah. 
more so than pretty much any pool. I did think on that first, since we haven't spoken about it, the first match like New Zealand France, which was always going to be a great match to kick it off. Um, I was watching it and just thinking, fuck me, I hope this amount of kicking doesn't count. Because they were kicking the ball some fierce amount, which, you know, obviously tactically was. I think it Could was you really repeat hot. that? Because you, you, we got cut off the second you said, fuck me. <laughs> um, I just said there was uh, heaps of kicking. And yes. I was hopeful that that wasn't going to continue in like. I was hoping it hadn't become the meta essentially because you were joking about uh, Orthwick and his oh <laughs> teams that kick more win more and then I was watching that France New Zealand match and I was just like please don't let this be the, like what everybody does but I think I guess it possibly had to do with just the sheer heat at that t- at that time I think the hotter the matches seemed to be the teams kicked more which made a lot of sense um I definitely t- think one thing that was apparent across all the pools between like the lesser teams and it's so patronizing but the teams that are expected to win and the teams that aren't was just their ability to sort of kick for territory i think yeah. like i want I think i watch all of chile's matches not that they're in this pool but like they're a prime example of like they just never fucking kicked and you just it mm. became so frustrating then because they were just trying to run it it's no wonder they get exhausted like the the uruguays and namibia is this world whoever else don't have the depth to put it up week after week. Like they might have one good performance, but they need to box clever, I think. And yeah, you know. like well, like bear in mind they don't have the skills to consistently put people under pressure with kicking. Yeah, like I I can understand is like like pretty much every one of the minor teams is coming in at a size and a power deficit. Mm. So there's like that's probably how I'd approach it. Like you you come in. Say we're going to play a high tempo game in the heat. That's going to benefit us, and we'll throw it around and turn this into a shootout, and maybe that's how we win. One one player actually that frustrated me a lot was the Uruguay out half. Uh, can't think of his name offhand, but he was so like feast or famine. Yeah. He was really good one minute, and then the next minute he was absolute brain dead stuff. Like it's that type of thing where you know you're like, okay, if if they had an out half that was just a little bit more composed, a little bit more capable, like the likes of that France match, where I think did they go in leading at halftime or drawing or one point it was, behind? Or no, it was, it was close, closer than you would have thought. Yeah, yeah, and then they came out and capitulated. Like, I, that's that's harsh to say about uh, a semi-pro team. Yeah, but I'm just like, they're close. But just not close enough, and yeah, I feel like it's epitomised. Yeah, uh, one thing actually I did notice was watching the Leicester teams as well is just how much of an importance it is to have a decent scrum half and a decent out half. Yeah, because it really you, is. Yeah, if you're if either of them are off the pace, like it really becomes apparent quite quickly just how things break down or they don't get done at the necessary sort of uh, accuracy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that was epitomised by the Uruguay out half. Who, uh, don't get me wrong, he had some great moments. That drop goal against France was one of them. But uh, it's like the it's like they can do some amazing things sometimes, but then the basics just let them down, and you're just like, "Fuck me!" You just nailed a great drop kick, and then you kicked it straight out on a. Well, that's the difference between uh, having a, a body of pros to draw from, and just like the best semi pro. Mm. Mm. Like you just you just don't have um, as much as we can complain about our players. Whenever like they do something basic errors, like they they train every day for years. 
So some basic things are just don't happen. Yeah. What did you make uh, of the Dupont thing with the? It's the great storyline of the World Cup. <laughs> the facial uh, injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like for, pe- just, for, for people who didn't see, basically. He was the vi- who, has, who hasn't seen Dupont getting injured and listening to this? Well, Seb, Seb is a Seb doesn't watch. I doubt Seb watched France versus Namibia. Um, in fact, he didn't. Uh, I know he did. Uh, yeah, he got he got, a, he got a, he got a shoulder into the head. Uh, I from it was a head, into the head. I think it was shoulder-ish, but it could be head. It was head. ninety yeah, percent sure it was head. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, he uh, busted his. Cheekbone, is it? Yeah, I heard it was a jaw. Cheekbone. It was cheekbone. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so they did surgery on him, stuck a plate in, and everyone's like, oh, there's no way he'll be back uh, in a few weeks. That That's crazy. But they've turned him around. Uh, he seems to be okay. They've given him the green light, and now he's named to start and is captain in the quarterfinal. But... Yeah, I, I said something about this pre-World Cup that how would France respond if Dupont got injured? Mm. They rebuild him. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I didn't. I didn't expect them to get some fucking crook of a doctor to say, "Yeah, he's okay." <laughs> what do you mean? He's got one of the biggest cheekbones in fucking <laughs> world rugby. Like I, the Mongolian tennis. Um... You can't take his cheekbones down. They're they're meaty. Mm-hmm. Rugby has a great reputation when it comes to. Uh... Doctors doing yeah. things <laughs> in rugby. <laughs> no, yeah, I genuinely was surprised. Uh, I'm not a doctor; just qualify that. Um, and obviously, if a doctor yeah. does say it, I that he's okay, then yeah, I have to take it at the doctor's value. But I'm a bit surprised, and I would, I really hope there isn't some sort of high profile. Um, now, here's instance. the question. Here's the question. Did. Yeah. Uh, so never go five three in the bench because they're going to send someone to goon uh, <laughs> once, and then they can bring on Faf the clerk at nine. <laughs> but here's another question, <laughs> more related to Poulet. Um, like I think we all agree that the officiating has been inconsistent throughout the tournament, and I think that Namibia incident is a prime example. Like, oh, he hmm. paid the Dupont tax for hitting him. Yes, he did big time. It was like, uh, what did he get? Six weeks or something? Yeah, wow. he ended up with six weeks, and that's after the reduction and such. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, if in another situation, like a different player, different team, different whatever. Yeah, he probably get cops a ban, but yeah, it was kind of like the World Cup. Yeah, it was like oh, this is a high-profile incident, so we gotta we gotta do something. And then, mm. uh, yeah, so it, it kind of disappoints me aspects like that where you know there's not a sort of a uniform application of discipline i guess i i know this is more of a general point but um did you guys notice in those pool games sometimes there was a severe lack of replays of incidents the very first few games especially yeah there was like something would happen you're like oh they'll they'll have a look at that obviously and then nothing we'll just play on Um, i felt as it went on it got better if that's the word you want to use but the first few games were absolutely insane that like what happened? No, we're not showing us. But Dupont, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like they, like by that time I came around, they, they were showing it. But like the first few, few games were like, yeah, yeah, nothing happened. Ali, Ali. I definitely think there's a lot to be said for like, number one, whoever controls the Spice. replays and such, 
Yeah, well, not, I'm looking for less spice. Because I was trying I want, to do like a Dune reference. <laughs> I want people to be able to make an assessment of what is noteworthy and what isn't. Because I think a prime example of that was uh, in the Italy and France match where Luku basically got the Italian try chalked off by what I would consider simulation. But I'd like whoever or whatever to come in there and be able to prevent that from ever even being looked at. Like by knowing somehow. <laughs> it's just, like I feel like if you if you have someone in the know looking at that, they'll be able to because I, I the play went on for quite a while after it, and like I don't know. I just want you know the way there's like head contacts where it's clearly not an issue, like it's it shouldn't be looked at. But yeah, here we are like sitting and saying, oh well, that's gonna be looked at. That's gonna be looked at. I feel like if you were to look at everything, you know. Hey. It just it can't be done, that, but yeah, that, you feel that, like it should. That that that's what drives people crazy is the inconsistency. The, yeah, the inconsistency, and like I don't know how you fix it. Like in terms of like you're saying, if you slow down every rook and everything, there's probably something. Um, like let's I, no, I, I do think I do think it hasn't been that bad of a World Cup for uh, TMOs hmm. or taking time about cards and stuff. I think there's. It's generally been sped up. Um, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happier than I was. Than I was. Sorry, I'm happier now than I was like last year, for example. What 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 do you make of the bunker system? Um, uh, I think that's there was fear beforehand. Yeah. That it would um, mean that no one would give a red card. I think that's panned out. Mm. I, I can't remember the exact instance, but there's definitely a couple of, of cards that were straight reds and this bunkered it. Well, what's annoyed me is their in in ability to call it as a yellow on field, because I feel like no, I, I, I don't mind that. I I say give it a yellow, bunker it, and we move on with the game. Yeah, like like and because if the ref the ref doesn't have time, well, we don't want the ref looking at something for tw- ten minutes in a row. <laughs> um, exaggeration there, hyperbole, but we're in the entertainment business, so we do it. I don't mind that. If the ref, if it's yellow, ref will say yellow. Upgrade if it's upgrade. I think that's fine. That's working as intended. Mm. So everything's mm. perfect. Not perfect, but I think I, I I much prefer bunker system. But I would I think prefer refs just be able to give a red card. Because I, I think uh, there's somewhere they just don't give reds. Yeah, that's bunker. what it feels like. Oh, don't 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 give them the power then to. I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, not a like, major issue for me. Are you suggesting then to make it a rule that red cards can only be given by the bunker? I was going to say that, but like, there's some things that sh- you probably should. Just yeah, but ahead. I feel like the, the, even if, like, let's say, my, my whenever I think about grubbery in rugby, I always think of that Callum Clark incident where he deliberately yes. breaks your man ar- man's arm. Now, like, let's say if the ref was standing right in front of that and witnessed before his very eyes, like, you'd say that's an out and out red card. But yeah, you know. I guess if you brought in that rule, like he just has to yellow it, and then mm. yeah, that's what it. I was thinking. But like, it's it's fine. It's it's not the it's not the worst problem in rugby. Mm. Yeah, my, my my like when you think about it, slow down and go like, okay, it. You know the way they use the language of it meets the yellow card threshold. We'll yeah. send it to the bunker for further review, um, and then we get on with the game. It's kind of like. 
there is an element of uh, mystery then about how the TMO or it's a foul play review officer. It's a someone again who decides this in the background, and sometimes it can be a bit, you know, what was the process? And I know like there's obviously the trade off of the alternative was the ref has to spend like could be five six minutes going through replays and whatever. But um, I'm just conspiracy theory ter- territory here Rob with the Liverpool offside kind of thing no no but but that that was a prime example of uh, they, they, they can screw things up um, uh, but it's 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 like in the the VAR thing in Liverpool that you can't actually hear they released no. the audio but, but during the match you can't actually hear that can you you know in rugby you can hear the ref chat you can only hear the ref you can't hear the people behind the scenes I yeah, the ref can maybe hear and communicate to behind the scenes. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, that was. I can imagine something. Assuming there was corruption involved there, which like <laughs> I don't know enough about it to say whether there was or there wasn't. You could easily see that kind of thing arising in rugby, as you say, Rob, because we're not privy to the information or what's being said or what's being looked at or how it's being looked at, etc. You know. Well, it 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 comes down to, um. It all comes down to people's interpretation of the facts or how how things happen. Um, it, yeah, it's just we'll see now the knockouts if there's some sort of controversial yellow that gets upgraded to a red or a yellow that stays yellow or something. We'll 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 see a lot of comments about it then. Um, well, I suppose just moving on to pool B then, so I can yep. say my point. <laughs> like you mentioned there, Rob, where like if you went and looked at every rook and. The, the amount of praise that was being heaped on Ireland and South Africa for like, oh, no cards in that match. I guarantee if you went back and looked at that close <laughs> enough, you'd find somewhere in there, some incident that you'd be like, yeah, that's a yellow card. Straight up. Yeah. Like, and this is where I'm, what I'm saying to you guys, like where you saw things that you were like, oh, surely that's going to be looked at. And then it's not. Mm. But that's good, I think, because it leads to matches like yeah. South Africa, Ireland, where, you know, now, Obviously, the two best teams in the world, it, it's a bit of a different... You can't emulate it or replicate it easily, but, you know, you don't you don't want to be... You just want to see gameplay. None of this other shit that... You know, I don't care about fucking cards. I just care about seeing two full-strength teams go at it and better team wins. Yeah, you but know. I thought that was unusual for a physical game of that nature to have no real cards or card incidents oh yeah and it was great like th- th- that was yeah, I, don't, I don't see that happening for france and africa <laughs> mm. but like it it made it added to the spectacle i would think yeah and but i also think like as as i said if you went and looked you'd find something so you know i think if you look too hard it's a negative yeah but mm. I, 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 on, the, on the flip side of that if there was anything to be found 100 South African fans would have posted it by the end of the match. They can't because they can't fucking find a full match. That's why. Because oh, I've been looking yeah. for it. Because I want to see fucking Fogger Smith's carry where he just launches himself in. I'm like, <laughs> why is no one mentioned that? It was hilarious. But uh, I, I wait the day I can see that again. But uh, yeah, no. I suppose. Would, that, would you describe that as like a game for the ages or am I just too invested? No, I think, I think it was an excellent game. Mm. Not the. Mm. I'm not going to say not the highest skill, but it was skill. A very engaging game. Um, two excellent teams who just didn't back down for full 80. Yeah. Some some bits and nice skill in it, in terms of attacking play. 
a brutal game. I think it's fair to say in terms of physicality. Uh, yeah, I think there's a general consensus that was a good game. Well, from mm. everyone aside from Foster. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what, what did we make of Ireland's pool stage overall? Because excellent. Uh, yeah. There were some questions I had over the whole campaign. Like, we we're picking a lot of injured players. Mm-hmm. Like, we went into it with Kilcoyne injured, Conan injured, um, Dan Sheehan injured. And it turns out now that um, Jimmy O'Brien was injured for the first two. Henshaw mm-hmm. has been in and out. So a lot of injuries. Um, but it's paid off. We went, we went strong pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to quarterfinal stage with... Essentially, no one ruled out um, yeah. of the tournament. Well, there hasn't been anyone ruled out aside from Keen Healy, and he's fit. Mm-hmm. So, great work, SE, uh, SNC team, but also, like, like there is luck. Mm. Mm. Um, well, just speaking of the luck, like, I think after the uh, Scotland match, I think we were all, <laughs> I was like, this is, this is it, like, there's no way we can compete against New Zealand with a cobbled together backline. Yes, I was. I was thinking that one wing we can lose, but if we're losing two wings, no, mm. we we can't. We can't do it. They, they just eat that up. Like that's they'd be attacking you relentlessly on the wings. And anyway. Earls, Earls was injured as well. Yeah. Mm. So like, and then as it stands. Uh, it seems Mac Hansen is okay, as is Lowe. So yeah, Lowe was quickly confirmed that yeah, it hurts, but that he'll be he'll be fine. Mm, just put an eye patch on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was when that luck, as you described it, uh, like all winning teams of the World Cup have luck. Mm. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Like when it came out, how lucky we were. I'm like, that's when I started to believe destiny because I was like. You know, that's the kind of look that you need to win, and we, yeah. we seem to be getting it. And so... I'm just to, we'll go back to the actual how we play in the pool, but like there's several consistencies between the World Cup winning teams. You have the same nine and ten for most of your games. The only real outlier there is New Zealand 2011, mm. where they lost every ten who played. <laughs> yep. Um, but generally, you play these guys for seventy percent. Sorry, 70 plus minutes of the big games. You play pretty much 25 players, 26 players consistently. Uh, You're lucky in terms of injuries. You have a certain age profile, which I think Ireland is older than, but that's mainly due to Sexton and Earls really dragging it up. Um, And and it it just like, like people who come in perform. The camp Mm. is happy. Like it's it's just a lot of things in, that are um, consistent to the winners are consistent to us. We got great momentum. Mm. Like we we can we can throw the ball around. We can also grit it out. We came into a game against the current world champions and had major issues with our lineout and yep. still got through it. That was reminiscent of the Six Nations situation mm. where like. Who was a Van der Fleer was putting into the lineup and such. He was. And Healy was playing a hooker. I can't remember the exact circumstances. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Against Scotland. laughs> yeah, and you were just like, 
this is cobbled together, cobbled together. Like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? The team have forgotten how to lose. Yeah, like, you know. And then, as you say, the South African lineout situation. I'm sure all all three of us were just like, yeah, we're not going to win this one. <laughs> well, 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 we we have the group chats where uh, I freely admit that. I think after we lost the third or fourth one, I was like, okay, that's it. We're going to lose. Yes. <laughs> Normally, that's what happens against South Africa. Like, it's not a good South African team. And you think, well, if we're, if we're not on, like, hitting 85% plus lineouts and we're declining points to do it, mm. it's, it's going to be tough. And it was very tough. But, like, obviously hindsight and such. But again, it harkens to the luck point of, like, if Pollard was available for that game, Mm. If like, Mark was available for that game, yeah. So you know, now, now that's not to say, like, we're probably going to have to be France anyway. If, well, if we want to win the tournament, I think they'll beat South Africa. But you know, so we would have had to, we would have had a very as difficult as they come quarter, regardless of what happened in the South Africa match. I'm assuming we would have went on to beat. Scotland. I, I, I think that um, France are tougher than New Zealand. As do I. Yeah, I, I think like, that was actually really important now as the tournament's panned out that we did win. But, you know, the look of Pollard not being there, Mark's not being there, as you say. And, and like, the... like, not like decision, of course, not to bring these guys, but like the, the Dion Furry um, bring on a back rower, Free Hooker didn't work. Yep. Mm. Like well, the 7-1 seven, seven splits didn't work. Hmm. So he like, made gambles that just didn't pan out. Well, I think the next hooker in line, from what I can gather, is Dweeba, and yes, he seems to be very lowly rated. I'm not going to say underrated because mm. that implies he's decent. Oh, obviously he's fucking good; like he's a top tier hooker. But like, there seems to be it's a big drop off from yeah. uh, Bongi and Malcolm Marks. Yeah, which you know, <laughs> it's kind of scary. If he, he, you'd imagine, I, I he's a cat springback, isn't he? I think he is. I think yep. he's kind of Yeah. Yeah. You'd imagine now you can never bring him back in because, like, you've essentially said to him, "We think you're sufficiently poor in your role that, like, someone who doesn't play your position can just do better than you in it." Like, which is strange, but I suppose Razzie seems kind of bit crazy sometimes. So, if anyone's going to be doing it, it's him. But yeah, like, I I think that's the the madness of Razzie Erasmus coming to the fore. Mm. Or maybe, or maybe it's just a gamble that didn't pay off. Um, yeah. I th- I think that that whole like first of all, not bringing Pollard. Yep. Okay, even if Libok's your main man, like this is a World Cup winning ten. How many are there playing? <laughs> Very few. Like you go seven one, so like. Like, like you bring on one of those back rowers or John Klein instead of Willie LaRue or instead of um, a Pimpy who was still fit at the time or anyone, any of those backs like that, that's your choice Like so well, I don't think the talent they left out in the backs was equal to the talent they brought in uh, on no, the forwards and like they didn't overwhelm us from a tactical perspective, I think it it was vindicated on two fronts, and then obviously it didn't. He didn't win, so it yeah. didn't. It wasn't vindicated in that respect. Yeah. But uh, I think he was looking at Ireland like Leinster, where he he sees the the blueprint 
for to beat Leinster has been like big blokes, and then he was like, "Well, if I have more fresh big blokes, <laughs> and they're mostly made up of Leinster players, you know, you can't fault that logic. Obviously, they would have looked into it more, fucking statistical detail, etc. Yeah. But then also, no one, they didn't end up in a situation where like there was weird happenings with the backs, i.e., like you were having to put forwards into the backs or whatever. So, you know, it worked, but it didn't get the result. So I would argue that it didn't work if that was the game. No, yeah, I mean, I mean it didn't I, kill them. Like, yeah, it, didn't, yes, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like you got, they didn't lose like a a wing two minutes in. Yeah, exactly. Which you know, I guess he got out of jail more so as to speak. In mm-hmm. that, like the obvious flaw in it didn't come to pass. But you know, if if the idea was to do a La Rochelle on Ireland and go even harder. You know, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah, and, yeah like I, I'm, I'm saying that, like, I just think it was a gamble. It's obviously a gamble and it pays off. It's like it's his job on the line. So, like, it's his yeah. to make. But I just don't think it was worth it. Like, if they had this pack of uh, 2019, I'd say, okay, but like, that's not the same Springbok uh, bomb squad as it used to be. Mm. What, what about. The other teams in that pool. A, yep. a word for a, uh, a word for Scotland, because yep. I, I I genuinely feel that Scotland are probably the most. Uh, I know, team. like we're, yeah, we're complaining about the draw and all this, and we have to play whatever. But I think Scotland, if they're in the other pools, I think they get out, and I think they get out fairly easily. Not easily, but yeah, a, a pretty decent chance. Yeah, uh, Scotland in the other side of the path get to the quarterfinals. Mm. Probably yeah. get to the semi final then. They're better than any team in C or D, I think. Uh, but yeah. this that's what happens. Like, yeah, they're, well, they're in better fairness, than in fairness, what they got, I think. They are not close to us or South Africa. No. They mm. are fifths, but there's a massive difference between the top four teams and fifth. I still think Scotland yeah. are the fifth best team in the world. But, yeah. like, in rankings term, Georgia are closer to them than they are mm. to us. And I think that's pretty accurate. Um, a good first half well they stayed in contact with South Africa in their game and then it's mm. got blown well ground down more than blown away I think it's probably fair to say and they just they seemed like they were beaten from yeah. very early on uh, I'm like, not going to say from the off but like we scored straight away and that comes into a really tough game yeah. and then we broke them onto the defence mm. it was just it was very impressive from us but mm. once that happened, it's like, okay, you're, you're done. Game's yeah. over, boys. Thanks for showing. It does seem to be a case that like they can win through Russell, but outside of that... Plan B. No, no. That's not to say I think Russell played poorly. No? He just he wasn't allowed to do his usual tricks, and then once that happens, like you take him out of the equation and Scotland drop from fifth to, yeah. like, you know... I say the same with Sexton, though. That is true. That is true. But I think Ireland without Sexton are better. That yes. I suppose we're better anyway. But you know what I mean? Like yes, yes, exactly. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's just, as you say, unfortunately, I, I think I, 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 Scotland are kind of get this unfairly mm. when there's like, oh, everyone's like Irish fans are to say oh, they always talk the talk, but never back it up. <laughs> mm. Uh, and they, they generally are just asked, do you think he'd win? Obviously, they're yeah. going to say, yeah, but there seems a genuine dislike. 
between no, the two. I don't yet. know where that comes from, to be honest. I, I, I hate it. But I don't get it. For for, for me, like they were they were highlighting Blair Kinghorn before the match. Basically, said. Uh, and Peter Manny references in his post-match interview, which is unusual that, if they didn't yeah. hate each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kinghorn said, "We're going to end their win streak." Um, basically, we're going to beat them. And uh, yeah, it seems like I know. Like I don't think the players pay too much attention to some, to, like, to a lot of the press stuff. But the fact that Peter Manny mentioned it in his post-match thing, it just kind of screamed of, "Why would you?" potentially give your opponent just anything to work with in that regard mm. um, I, I get the whole thing of you know you need to believe that you can win and everything but I wouldn't be throwing out statements you know we're going to win and we're going to end their win streak and yeah it's but, yeah. maybe maybe it works for them against like England and stuff because they haven't proved against them and Wales yeah but it, it just it just pants and pan out against us like it's such a gap between the team. Mm. What, like, uh, I, I, as you say, though, I'm unclear as to what else you would say. It started definitely between Glasgow and Munster. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then that brought into the Irish team. And it thought it like, I remember when we had a podcast like a year, year ago. It was like, like Scotland or like Glasgow were starting on Leinster. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> we're not well, rivals. Do, do you remember? One thing I do distinctly remember in one Glasgow match was uh, Leinster like put 40 past them or something and the game was basically over and then they started fighting. <laughs> it was like, and they did, the Scots did that there on, was it last week yeah. as well? And the, the, They started fighting and it was like... It was 28 nil or something. Yeah, it was, it just felt like the Irish guys are just whatever, like it's very strange behaviour to start fighting when you're getting spanked but I don't know yeah uh, any word on that somehow I suppose yeah what did you make of uh, Pierre Schumann throwing Dan Sheehan over the hoarding some people uh, thought that should have been looked at properly that should have been the yellow card mm. but I know a trip is a yellow card by the law mm. yeah but like that's a dangerous thing to do and I think that happening pretty much guaranteed the yellow hap- given, given to someone yeah mm. um I would have asked him where the fight was the previous half. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, like, like the was... scoreboard, scoreboard. Just yeah. shit, like, why bother? As you say, you're, you've pretty much lost the match already, so why are you carrying on? They just lost it. Wasting energy on something mm. irrelevant. It, it kind of reminded me of us against New Zealand last uh, World Cup, where the game was over. We were a very slim chance of winning. The well, game was I think, over. Uh, both I was watching against the head on Monday evening and both that match against New Zealand and us against Scotland, I think it was 36-0 either way before the other team scored. So, yeah, it was mm. similar in, in that respect at least. But, uh, yeah, I, I just thought, I, as you say, I feel bad for Scotland. Like, <laughs> I yeah. And I don't, this whole, like, it feels like a manufactured rivalry because I just don't see it. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's like yeah. the Leinster Munster thing where okay they beat us last season, but you know yeah, before that it wasn't a rivalry. Like yeah, and yes. they'd love to beat us, and there's always sparks these matches. But mm. it's kind of similar with the Scotland. Like how many times we've beaten them out of the last ten, like nine or something. You yeah, just be like mm. you need to be closer in fucking ability to call this a rivalry. Like otherwise it's just <laughs> yeah. 
It's like the older brother playing with the little brother, and the hmm. little brother never wins. Like it's not a rivalry. It's just at some it's, it becomes embarrassing quite quickly. Yeah, I totally get that because I remember remember going into that match last week. They they were like, okay, we need to score four tries uh, or beat them by more than eight points, and then everyone was dragging up the stat of when's the last time Scotland beat Ireland by like eight po- by seven or more, and it was like uh, over. Tw- yeah, twenty something years ago, um, so, so. and it was in a World Cup warm up match or something, was it? Where it, like it no, that was matter. Six Nations. We lost them twice. So since two thousand, we mm. lost them two thousand one. They beat us by a decent amount. Hockey does it too, I think. Then we lost in a couple of warm up matches, like two thousand seven, two thousand eleven. Last game in Crow Park, uh, yep. and Parks I think kicked everything. Yep. And we also lost during Busgate, if you remember that. Yep, just Late. And that's it. Yeah, they they were throwing out the stat that was it uh, Johnny Sexton and Peter Matney haven't lost to a Scottish team in like 10, 12 years or something yes. crazy. Um, <laughs> which I wouldn't have picked out, but yeah, crazy. I, I, don't get me wrong though I loved all that uh, permutation shit at the end there I thought mm. that was great <laughs> I wish there was a big uh, scoreboard on the screen which said needed X amount of points to win yeah, or get yeah. through well it, Did... it ceased to be interesting quite quickly yes. into the match I, 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 into the match, I was loving it like. did, did you see uh, on Twitter in the lead up to the match in the days beforehand uh, people were trying to figure out like you know what's what are the the rules for qualifying and uh i'm still not sure what they were um basically it's it it head to head uh, ruled everything so we but, could have yeah, lost but, to uh scotland's not gotten through despite beating south africa the, the, or the, the, we could have been hammered by scotland and got through and south africa yeah wasn't there through. a case where it was actually better for us to lose by to Scotland by more or something like that in a certain Basically, situation. Basically, we needed to win. Uh, sorry, lose by less than eight, I think it was, or else lose by more than twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Which Weird is stuff. like a because so if you're losing by fifteen points, you just let them win. Yeah, <laughs> I love. It's a very bizarre system to encourage. Hmm. I thought uh, the whole talk of like. And it could literally never be done convincingly, but yeah. Ireland and Scotland coordinating efforts to knock South Africa out like that was. It, it could never, like, you could never pull that off. No, it's just obviously, not, and obviously, the team wouldn't want it. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder what would happen yes, if I some just... horror show happened. Like, say you had two red cards or something and you're holding on, mm. and it's 10 minutes left and you're 15 down, do you say just. Let them in. Let them in. <laughs> but yeah, the there was confusion in the lead up, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then it was it was completely fucking yeah. removed from any sort of yeah. contest. It was um, a good lead up. <laughs> Poor showing by Scotland. Romania. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be there, were they not? It was supposed to be no. Spain or something. Nope. It was. So, yeah. And they weren't particularly good. Yeah, it kind of showed. I feel like if Spain or anything like Portugal, then you know. They they're a better European European team at least than Romania. Yeah, so it's unfortunate that didn't they fall a foul of that before some Yes, the previous yeah, World Cup. Yeah. So like Phil yeah. me once sort of thing, like what what he was doing. But uh yeah, 
in that respect, I felt bad for Romania because like they shouldn't have even been there. So the fact that they're so poor, you you were like, well, you you kind of shouldn't have been put in that position anyway. So you know, yeah, fortunate. Tonga, but disappointing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't recall them doing much. They're not so. terrible against South Africa. No, they this, this doesn't seem that fit. Um, not that disciplined. Mm. Like, that, that's what I have about them. Like they, yeah. I thought they'd be a bit better. Maybe yeah. I overbuilt, I built them up or over up in my head. It felt like, uh, and this is this was the thing that kind of worried me a bit about the rule change. If it, uh, it felt like a team of individuals, where like so, some people were capable of doing some good stuff, but as a team, it didn't really come together. And even with better coaching, I don't think it could have come together to all that much success. But you know, you're just like there wasn't a great sense of team effort. I think for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's Pool B, uh, which obviously saw Ireland's Africa advance. Now let's get to Pool C, which was a very interesting pool. We had Wales, Fiji, Australia, Portugal, and Georgia. Um. I want to start with the Wales Fiji game because it's Warren uh, Ball, baby. That 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 made me quite annoyed. Yeah, the sure. way that came. The okay. The, let's highlight the the most annoying passage was, um, it's in the second half, I think. Yeah, second half. Uh, Fiji are hammering away at the Welsh line, and the Welsh continue to infringe and give away penalties. And the ref it's, is like it's classic. It's classic. Um, T two, yes, T one versus T two. Yeah, it really was. It's it was a prime example. Um, so the the Welsh hemorrhage penalties. The ref gives them a warning. Gives them a final warning. Uh, I think he gives them. I don't know. Basically, he gave them above and beyond what actually should be done. Um, and then uh, hammer on the point that I think Wales turn the ball over or whatever and kick it long or whatever. And then uh, the the Fiji commit like one penalty in their twenty two, and uh, he gives some gives him a yellow card, um, which like I wouldn't dispute the Fiji yellow card. It's just that the Welsh the Welsh absolutely should have been carded, and it was just it just felt like a really it felt like I gen- I'm not one to complain about refs. I know it's whatever, but that felt like it just felt unfair. Which, but the most uh, annoying thing about it, Rob, not the fucking token yellow that he then gave to Wales when it mattered a whole lot less. Yeah, it was... That really annoyed me. I lost a lot of respect for that ref on that day, I have to say. Because it was pure T2-ism. And I, I know we all wanted Fiji to win, so like we were probably turning a blind eye to some stuff that Fiji were getting away with. Yeah. But mm. your heart just goes out to them. Like, they deserve to win the match, and... Because it's so many little decisions, it's hard. You can't look at one big thing and say, "Oh well, like, oh well, he did ground the ball or whatever." You know, it wasn't so black and white. But it's it's speaks to another sort of problem with the game. I think where the refs have so much influence over what happens that it makes it hard for it to be like an equal spectacle when there's a T two team versus a T one team, and you know, you just you want them to have an equal shout. But it's it's impossible for the ref to ref it equally. Do, uh, do you ever see that episode of Simpsons where Marge becomes a police officer and she's mm-hmm. looking at all the crimes around her and not doing anything about it? 
I always just think of the refs like at every ruck just being like, oh, well, he's off his feet. He's in from the side. And then they just yeah. randomly decide when to blow it up. You know, that's like, it is the way it is, but it feels like that level of discretion nearly means that there's range for like the likes of Fiji to sort of be screwed uh, over the course of like numerous decisions. Mm. And it's frustrating. It's absolutely it is. Yeah, I, I think I think it's because Fiji lost to Wales. That's the big sticking point for us. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think Fiji could have played bet better as well. Oh, absolutely. Like and like and if they did, you take the ref out of it. But like it, as you said, it does stick when there's such a clear and obvious you got mm. punished for this, they didn't. Um what about what about, Wales, what about well, wait, like, I was yeah. I was very down on Wales not down on Wales, I thought they were shite. Um, <laughs> like they've shown up with like a diff- uh, yeah they're fit the babies are screaming in the air that worked the waterboarding that worked I, I knew it the Gatlin's the man to just like I think they're far off our side of the pool yeah I, I don't think any any of our top four or even Scotland would, would lose them hmm. but they just they didn't need that they just needed to make their tackles have a solid enough set piece, even though I don't think it's it's great. Uh, and make kick their points, and they have some still have some talent, and that got them through that pool. Yeah. I think the big difference is like the fitness and the willingness to tackle. That's not enough, I don't think. And maybe I'll eat my words in a few weeks' time for New Zealand or Ireland, but I think it will be enough for Argentina, and they were deserved uh, top team in that pool, even if, as we say, the. Uh, the refing performance left something to be desired. Funny that you mm. say fitness and willingness to tackle because mm. it's just Gatlin all over, isn't it? Like, yeah, he's he woke up came in and was like, "All right, this is this is what's going to happen." And but like a lot of the players were retiring or leaving the squad and stuff, and you were just like, "I bet he's beating the bollocks out of him." And here he was, mm. and it worked great. Well, I mean, it's not great because I hate Wales, but mm. you know, I, I I just want Wales to be good because it makes for a more compelling product. Um, mm. So it's a pity they can't like clone Gatland and just use that. I, I want to see how it will pan out though once they face a good team. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it would be tighter than you'd imagine, but yes, because really of see course, knockout rugby is tight. I think Falatau being injured is big as well. Yes, I think that removes much of their threat mm. in terms of winning the game. But like, I could see them sixty minutes just holding off, holding off, and then it's something. They concede a, a try, and then that's kind of it as a contest. Yeah, and they they come back and they get points, but they just don't have enough firepower to actually win it. But I can see them really sticking to the top four teams, but just that's not really winning. No, there, uh, Fiji, we've been saying think, it. Sorry, we've been saying it for like the last year. I think is that they're a drag you down to their level team, mm. and now they're like they've raised their level, but they're still going to drag you down to an extent. <laughs> so. <Yes. laughs> They're they're up to their old tricks, but just better uh, at it. I do wonder: do teams uh, use that terminology themselves? Like, let's <laughs> drag them down to our level. No, we'll, get, we'll bring them to a fight or something like that, yeah, yeah. or we'll we'll disrupt their ball. We'll trust our defense. Like, no good team thinks of itself in that manner. Yeah, true. I come down to the gutter where we've been yeah. for the past two years. So they'll phrase it in a way that, like, we'll we'll mess up their ball. We'll. We'll yeah, put our no bodies on the line. Play. Yeah, exactly. Make it ugly. Well, speaking of teams what? that don't play, Australia. 
<laughs> yeah, what, what 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 do you make of Australia? Okay, the latest with Australia is there was rumors that Eddie Jones is leaving for Japan. He's mm. since denied those rumors, but yeah, what a crazy, I don't know. Yeah, what a poorly run union. Yeah, like um, uh, previous coach Rennie. Um, yep, didn't have great results. But I yeah. felt they were on and up. Hmm. They could have beaten anything. us. Remember, they pushed yeah. us all the way. Now, we had a like all, did he? Yes. Yep. Uh, but like, to do what he did, which is exclude every experienced player pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which And the reason for what I hear is because they didn't agree with him. <laughs> so you go to the World Cup with one out half who's a kid, essentially, in, in World Cup terms. <clears throat> You have no backup to him. You've no real plan. Like you lose an assistant coach in the airport. Mm. Like the press arrived at the airport and discovered there's a new coach. And like, like it's it, it just the path ran out for Eddie. All these gambles, like just to get us to a semi-final because this side of the pool is so poor. It's like, yeah, but you still have to beat a pro team. Mm. You still have to beat Wales or Fiji. And they didn't, and they deservedly didn't. They were so ill-disciplined. They didn't seem to know what was going on. Once they out, like, and, like it, it was just so many gambles made that didn't need to be made and didn't pan out. Yeah. And he deserves it, to be honest. Yeah. His, his reputation as but, a coach no, uh, in has fact, been shattered, I think. I'm not sure that he deserves it in the sense that, like... You know, like a drug person, a drug person, a drug <laughs> like, addict, yeah, dies of an overdose. Like, yes. he's not in control of, of that situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Eddie and Jones. In fairness, in fairness, he didn't hire himself. It was yes, exactly. The, uh... Exactly. Like, who looked at that and thought it would work? It was just insane. Now, yeah, Danny was put in the situation and he, he made a series of insane calls. <laughs> but, like, it's. He's a crackhead. He's a rugby <laughs> crackhead. It's, put that on a banner on. It's amazing <laughs> yeah. how. Literally, no one has come out of this looking good. Yeah, to mm. any extent, apart from the people who aren't even there, like mm. who gain, gain sympathy, like Hooper or fucking yeah. Wade Cooper, or but, like, like Mac Bernard Foley, who was a a professional out half. <laughs> <laughs> and and like think about the likes of Carter Gordon and whoever else who yeah. like, like that. That's that 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. time. That that's a mental fucking. I know. I know the Aussies love throwing in kids, but like. Maybe maybe that takes like four years off his career, in terms of getting back to where he should be. Mm. I think Eddie Jones just is possibly insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm formulating my next thought in my head, and that's like, yeah, maybe he is. I, like, I, I, I was going to say that I was thinking about this. In that he's essentially like a player who doesn't hit the gym. Mm. He's got a core part of his game. That he just doesn't, he doesn't attend to, because his other parts are so good. Like he is an excellent coach. He really thinks about the game at a higher level than most people, and he's gotten results everywhere he's gone. But he just can't man manage. He just can't deal with people. Yeah, exactly. Like like very few coaches stay on with him, mm. and he can't, he can't, he can't interface with like these experienced players. Like you bring them in, and you get through this World Cup. Okay, I, th- I think the Australian Rugby Union, or Rugby Australia, whatever they call these is, 
we're gambling on him getting him to a semi-final because like that's not a tough run yeah even a bad australia with the talent they have you reckon they could get through that group and then england your argentina you get through that and okay you lose to france like that's okay that's that's an okay journey considering this guy's on the start of it but the fact that everything he did and these weren't like gambles that no one could have seen. Like mm. these were these were things called out at the time as bad. Yeah. And he had an entire uh, rugby championship of losing. <laughs> it's yeah. it's just everything come home to roost. Um and the, I think the Australian rugby board just needs to say things have things have gone out of hand. Mm. We're gonna get a succession plan in place and we're all gonna resign. Like, that would probably be best for everyone. Like, 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 so many bad things have happened in Australian rugby over the years. Mm. Like, it's just been a long downward spiral, if you think about it. Like, like they were in a World Cup final 2015. That yeah. was kind of a... Not for both from the blue, but that was kind of against four. But they, they, they could still go far in tournaments. Mm. They, they were finalists in 2003. They were winners in 99. But, like, they've just steady gotten worse. Like, they haven't mm. won a Bledisloe in, what, 20-plus years? I think so, yeah. Their under-20s team isn't good. And they're in a super competitive market. So where is, like, the accountability? Yeah. Mm. It's, it, like, it's funny. It is funny seeing Eddie it's Jones. England, okay, actually. Pretty, but, but it is sad seeing Australia crumble. Yeah, it's sad. Do you think the, just on the accountability point, like, because, hmm. like, I know what people are saying about, oh, Eddie Jones was brought in to sell newspapers or whatever else. (laughs) (laughs) Which he did. (laughs) Do you think, um, could could Eddie Jones nearly have been a scapegoat? No, I think he was just a gamble. They just just rolled the dice. When he came on board, they said, yeah, this is is our five-year plan now. We've got the, we'll use this World Cup to build for the next World Cup. Hmm. Which is the insane uh, troll logic that Eddie Jones has now gone on to. He's no longer sacrificing Six Nations and Rugby Championships for World Cups. <laughs> He's sacrificing World Cups for World Cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was the narrative, wasn't it? The Six or Nations World Cups for World Cups. They've got a Lions Tour coming up in a few years. Like, they do. So I, can see, but... I can see you get through this World Cup, you bloody young, young players, you build for that, and then you have a World Cup you're hosting after that. Hmm. Like that's that's the the big, but, but it's failed at first stop. Like he yeah. got onto a train, turbocharged it with, uh, with like nitro, and it exploded. <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like like what's your what's the prognosis for Australian rugby? Terminal. Yeah, could be pretty bad. So uh, like, like, like maybe they can they can rebound. They still have very uh, good players and some excellent players. They just need like sense. I I don't mm. know if if Eddie Jones is gone, if they have a performance clause, or do they sign him up and he claims he with that. Yeah, but like he's building. He, he, he turns it around. But like like this, there was a guy in the Forty Two podcast, Owen Tool, and he used to be an analyst for Ireland, and mm-hmm. he lives over in Australia, and he's saying like there's there's shock and anger, but there really wasn't that much attention on the World Cup over there. Mm. It was all like AFL and Rugby League. Like 
I, I think like anger is better than apathy, which is what they're getting. Mm. Um, no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, like maybe they did sign them to uh, sell newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the fact that they're concerned with selling newspapers is uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> I may have a massive amount of shares in that newspaper company. <laughs> Damn you, Murdoch! <laughs> it's irrelevant. Uh, I think one of their big life rafts will be New Zealand. The fact that like all the New Zealanders say it, it's apparent they they need Australia to be good. So, you know, they could assist them in some way. I don't know. It seems like a strange thing to assist your enemy, but yeah. But rugby league is now growing in New Zealand. Oh no! Mm. I think the Warriors, which is their uh, team, yeah, is the big, most supported club team over there. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> what what about let's let's to a slightly more positive uh, nations, uh, Portugal. I thought were an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, they like I know some of you are were remarking on their physique. A lot of their backline players they look leaner and kind of um, not as bulky or whatever, but still still. Uh, they they they've some absolute like players. You're like these guys can play, um, which yeah, I thought was very you impressive. Imagine like this is a team that's going to get some pros out of this. Oh, yep, uh, they're going to get signed up by Toulon because that's what <laughs> that's what he does. He he watches the World Cup and he signs players from the World Cup. <laughs> I think Storty um, the wing has already been scouted by Stade Francais. Sorry, sorry, he was on loan to a Pro D two team from yes. Stade Francais. They've recalled him a year early, which on evidence. Makes it total sense. Like, um, yeah, I, I like. There's a great innocence to these teams that I really appreciate. Yeah, like they come here to play. Like, I, yeah, I, like some of those tries, you'd be happy to play the score as us. Mm. But I mm. feel like that they don't. It's like they don't play cynically or something. Like they don't rely on cheesing rules or, yeah. I don't know. There's a freshness, as Rob said. Like it reminds me of Japan a bit. Just the the willingness to play and win on your own merit rather than having certain outside influences. Not like this, Wales. Not like Wales dragging it down. <laughs> yeah, like you I, I think that's what skill. you have to do as a minnow in the World Cup. Mm. Like you, you just have to to turn this into a shootout and hope that like their forwards get as tired as your forwards do. And how do you get tired? The Portuguese hooker. Oh yeah, you <laughs> can't do just entire. But it, but it 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 highlights as well like the the depth situation where like you know they have like maybe one good guy per position if they're lucky, and then if one or two of them go out, which they inevitably will, you know it's it the per, next person filling in is always so much worse that yeah. It, it it's hard over the course of like whatever, like it all, all it always feels like the the T two teams maybe have one good game in them, usually earlier in the run because they seem you just to get, get tired, just get beaten yeah, up, yeah, yeah, and then which is why Portugal is so amazing that they seem to sustain it, and we're always kind of, which as Rob said might be to do with the sort of trimmer physiques coming into play a bit, could be. I but, I just but, hope this is the start of something. In well, the... world rugby yeah. seem. <laughs> World rugby have uh, they still seem to be plowing ahead with the 
the World League, which would basically make it impossible for yeah. tier two countries to play tier one countries. Uh, like the, be- the best. Sorry, Rob, this, this is my rant time now. You, you've triggered it. Yeah. You said my, you said my <laughs> active words. The sleeper agent has woken. <laughs> World rugby are a bunch of fucking morons. Put that on the cover. <laughs> like they, like we're fans of NFL, Rob. Our friends are fans of the NBA. Like these guys yeah. are in tough competition markets for mm. eyeballs. You'll get fifteen minutes highlights every Monday on YouTube for NFL game of choice. You're going to have yeah. highlights on Twitter for like the guys talking about the game afterwards. You'll have Shaq yeah. saying something crazy on TikTok. Yeah. Like these are all packaged very quickly. And we have dozens of excellent creators on Twitter who are getting uh, content strike. Yeah. And World Rugby will say, yeah, you know, you can use it. And then their lawyers immediately content strike them. And some guys lose their accounts or get frozen. And it's like, okay, I'm just not going to do it. Mm. Like there's, there's some coaches I follow on Twitter and they're using examples from the Tri-Nations or the Rugby Championship because they can't yeah. use World Cup footage. Like yep. there should be if you want to grow the game, you should, next time you sign a contract, you say to the the right holders, and this is the reason a lot happens because they sign contracts with guys who broadcast, and that's fine. You're saying that you have very narrow bands where the footage belongs to you specifically. And if you don't use it during then, it goes out to people to use free of use. I'm not saying like whole matches on YouTube, I'm saying like Fair, fair use. You can have highlights up. You can have analysis. Like there should be on TikToks and Instagrams. Like I don't use those, so this is the blind thing, the blind here. But immediately during a during a half, there should be a few of those up by World mm. Rugby or by whoever in tournament to say, look this hap- look look this crazy pass, big tackle try to go up interest that way. Within like a couple of hours, there should be ten minute highlights on YouTube, mm. Twitter, and highlights by someone who doesn't hate the game of rugby. Yeah. Like, that, I, 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 don't, I don't want three minutes of highlights in a 50-point game and 30 seconds Half the time is, which is taken up with the kids. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, like he's, they're, just, they're five minutes out and someone gets a pass and they score. Like, what happened? Yeah, I, how'd they get I, there? I, yeah. I watch a lot of the matches with, like, so I my TV can pause or whatever, so I record mm. the matches. And I fast-forward two kicks nine times out of ten. Because mm. I will know the result after the fucking time is up anyway. So I'm like, I'll just see that they got the tree or not. And that's all I need to know. I don't need to see him taking the kick. Yeah. Unless it's a mm. clutch kick. Like. But and, when I watch the fucking, as you say, and half a second up with kicks, I'm like, this is not what's compelling. Yes. What's compelling <laughs> is how they got there. Yeah, there's, or... there's a Scottish Irish highlights I was watching. And it's, again, mm. not very long. But they had a try. That was great. Second try. Great, but that incredible defensive stand, which was the story of the first twenty minutes in my mind, yeah. just not there. Yeah, and there was great, like there's some good moves from them, and great defense from us. Like, it's just the lowest common denominator. And it's not really entertaining. No, and do, mm. do you know what I think? As you say, like someone that watches the game or knows the game or likes yeah. the game, like I feel like a lot of people that make up the fucking highlight reel seem to think it, it seems to be like a junior editor or something gets it and say, "Oh, I don't know this game. What am I doing?" Yeah. Oh, just just put in the scores. But they seem to mm. think that the interesting part of a try is the bloke in the act of grounding yes. the ball. <laughs> like 
That's not what makes it fucking good. <laughs> the movie, the contracts are there. so bad that that's all they can show. Yeah, it's like, like it's just, a guy jumping just over a line. Okay. Like, sometimes that's good, yeah, where it's a yeah. fucking big acrobatic effort and he's nearly getting tackled out. I yeah. want to see that, yeah. But, like, where it's just some bloke running over and touches it down, it's like, I don't need to see that three times. But, anyway, yeah. yeah larger problem. Yeah, and you know what? Like, this whole oh. system now of we're locked in to playing each other, the top teams playing each other, is just... It's just bad. It's just yeah. bad. Like, I, I don't see... I'm not saying rugby will, will die, but I, I just don't see us growing. Yeah. And I think mm. there's choices we could have made over now over previous years where we could have ensured growth, and I think we're just kind of kind of fade a bit. Oh, big time. Mm. I definitely think that. Yeah. But think... the RFU on their own bash should invite like Portugal over to play the provinces or something during a... Yep. Um, like during the Six Nations... Well, maybe not during the Six Nations. But yeah, maybe actually. If they're not playing a European tournament, I, or I, I something like that, it, when the when the because like Leinster are organising a friendly with um with Saracens and other teams will have weeks without games, so like mm. playing against Leinster B, like you you if you said Leinster B are playing Portugal, I'll go see that. Yeah, and I imagine you'd get ten thousand at least to go down to RDS to watch Portugal after that World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like. Those are things like individual nations can do, or say we're. I was going to say, say we're going on tour, but we're not anymore. Like we kick off a tour to New Zealand. Our first match we're hosting is, uh, like say say Portugal, Georgia, or something like that. Mm. Like where we we just, we're not playing our full team, but we get few, we get tens of thousands of people in. They get a good game. Like they get exposure. But I, I just don't see those things happening. The, the most damning example of this whole media usage thing for me is the fact that I still haven't seen that Quagga Smith carry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see it. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I keep looking up on YouTube, like, full match highlights. Fucking, not highlights, rather, full match. <laughs> said that. It's never there. And you're just like, well, at some stage, I'm going to forget about that. Yeah. And then it'll be just a moment lost to time. You know, like, I it, want... It, it, like I contrast that with the NFL, where um, pe- people go at, like go back. People go to all the games and go to the the coaches' film study, and they will analyze every single play, uh, what every single player is doing. Um, so nothing gets missed, and so the cycle of oh my god, this cool stuff they find out, out throughout the week, it just keeps going. Um, whereas with rugby, it's like if you don't see it live. There's probably a good chance you won't see it at all. Um, you get just... to see a guy running across the trail and switching a ball down several times. But it's because they live in a market that they have to fight for. Yeah, and they've got people who are going to get fired if they don't. If they don't get like, uh, they don't make it, make us, make us uh, attractive to people. Uh, I heard also the the Portugal. Ireland game, remember they played a, a behind closed goal game? I heard yeah. one or two comments that apparently it was actually pretty tough. Uh, yeah, I which, heard they were good. Uh, um, well, my crazy theory, and it's not, uh, well, crazy plan would be okay, let's say World Rugby locks up tier one for, I don't know, the next seven years or something. Um, is there any chance you could add a It'll require probably divisions proper and you won't play everyone in the league in the same year, but if you added added Portugal, Spain, 
Georgia, and then I'm not sure who else to the URC. Um, as countries. Well, as franchises, but they essentially yeah. be the national teams. The um, Mozart said a good thing about this. A good episode where they said, "Okay, you're based a team in Lisbon, mm-hmm. and who cares if they're from Porto? You're in Lisbon now, mm-hmm. um, and you play, you play as a club team essentially. And yeah. if the best players get picked up by a French team. That's fine. Yeah. You still have thirty-something pro guys there, mm. and you play." Like maybe in the URC or you play uh, in the second challenge. tier of Europe, uh, the Challenge mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. But you have regular regular pro games, and that's how you grow it. You do one yeah. for those, one for Portugal, like one for Spain, one for Netherlands, something like that. Mm. And that's how you grow the game. And maybe in time, you have a second team in Porto or Lisbon, mm. or if one in Madrid, one in. Barcelona, I'm not sure the exact uh, rugby strongholds, but in population centres that can support a single pro team. And that's how you build support, by continuously playing pro games. So you get used to it, like, because, yeah, Portugal are great, but, like, imagine the Portugal played full strength, like Springboks or Ireland team, after playing friendlies or playing Europe B. Like it's, it's you're you're blown out. You know what all that's happening. Mm. Um, again, I think that needs. You would need rug, world rugby to support URC mm. in that case. Like we'll pump in a couple of million a year, and you play a few more games that way. That covers the yeah. cost of us. The only way, and like these the Saudi blokes and all do, like mm. buy British football teams. What I'd like. Assuming it's not a corrupt organization, it would be nice to think like that some wealthy financiers would like incentivize World Rugby to do things like that. You know, there's crazy rich people out there. Why aren't they getting their foot in? I'm not saying like Saudi people buying teams, but like you know, yeah, they have to deal with unions. So yeah, but if 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 you give the money, like, to no, like, like rugby, the owner of um, Capri Sun is a German guy, is a rugby fan, and he bought. Um, it's a German team, I think, and he has he bought Stade Francais, and then he had to drop one of the teams because you couldn't have two teams in European competition. <laughs> like the owner of Western Force is a like a, a billionaire miner, or something mm. like that, and he keeps fought, he keeps getting, getting fights with the Australian Rugby Union because he doesn't think they're doing the right job, and he's been proven right, I think. <laughs> um, like just billionaire owners in English club rugby, yeah, it's not working for them. I'm more talking about like, like uh, it. It actually doesn't make sense on an individual basis what I'm suggesting because I get these blokes want to own their thing. Like, so oh well, this is mine. But I, I'm talking about more like a sort of a charitable, for the good of the game. You know what I mean? But that goes against the psychology of wanting to own a team in the first place. I think so. It probably wouldn't really work. But it, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to see it if someone has a love for the game. Like if I was Elon Musk rich. And there was a mechanism by which I could, like, sort of finance World Rugby to the extent that, you know, it improved the situation. I certainly would. But mm. then again, you know, I'm, I'm saying that as not a person that wealthy, so it's, it's hard to conceive of how they would think about it. I get that it's like an ego thing, wanting to actually own a team and build it up. So what I'm yeah. suggesting probably doesn't 
come into play for them. But yeah, so well, I I think it just shows, uh, it kind of illustrates the whole thing of um, we're like we're we're coming up with like whatever ideas and stuff, but World Rugby are there and they're like nothing. They're yeah. they're they're now, their ideas. Famous- we don't. We're not going to lose our job if we mess things up by saying it. Yeah, and look, uh, like, I I get the argument. Like, there's so much of the money comes from. You know, you don't want to mess with the the golden goose and all this kind of crack. Um, but the I don't know. Just you look at the performances of Portugal and all that, and uh, the idea that they won't be able to actually get a test against a tier one country for quite a while now is pretty grim. Uruguay putting it up to France, like, you know. Yeah. On a different day and with different fucking resources available, like, you know, shit can happen. Fiji have proved it, I think. Because yeah. haven't they benefited from that? The Fiji, Fiji Drury, yeah, that's being, that, like, a pro team. Like, you've always had pro players of Fiji. Mm. You got you, you have a chunk of players who play with each other. Regular good games as a team, a coaching staff that I've can work together with the national coaching staff if they're not one and the same. Japan had the the was it Sunwolves before the World Cup. Yeah. Yep. Like that's how you can do it. Yeah. Like when mm. you don't you don't need a pro league for every nation. You just don't have the resources or the interest. But you can definitely have pro teams or but yeah, pro, like a single pro team, like that'll that'll be a huge benefit to a uh, a semi pro or even fully amateur team. It's been most notably apparent, I think, in how Fiji have played the game in terms that they've like they actually don't just rely or ha- haven't just relied on their crazy fucking sevens rugby. Like when they were taking the three pointers against Australia against like what would typically be their sort of better judgment in terms of what they would usually do like that's what you have to do and it paid off and you get a sense that those are the kind of benefits that come from having that consistent togetherness Mm. and obviously then the sense that's instilled in them and the trust i guess by a competent management team to you know make the right decisions and lose to Portugal. What? And lose to Portugal. Yeah, I know. But I think that, yeah. what I said about Italy in terms of like needing the underdog thing, I think... Yes, uh, Fiji 100% need to be underdogs. Yeah, and they, they the pressure then as well, combined, I think just resulted in what we saw. But, you know, I think the Tui Sova's child also died like two, a, mm. a couple of hours before the match, match yeah. I think it was. So I feel like that might have actually had a bit of impact squad wide yeah that definitely that, that's not an easy thing to yeah so I think that might have impacted sort of the squad as a whole um, it may not have but like you know I'm, I'm just looking at that thinking you know I'm looking for reasons why the wheels have come off a little bit and that's possibly a contrib- contributing factor yep um, what about Pool D I know we're running quite quite long here but uh what what's your flash pool D kind of takeaways? Argentina were nowhere near as good as I thought they'd be. Yes, yeah. like speaking of disappointments, possibly Argentina are the biggest disappointments. Yeah. Mm. Um, considering just just how poorly they played, um, but they've gotten through. 
I don't think they'll beat Wales, but they've gotten through. England are a very funny team. Because I was annoyed how how they were getting on during this pool, especially the size of that win against Argentina. Then I realised the funny side of it, like, they have no attack. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like they're not good at it, like they're not like Wales where they can't do much, but they, they, they can string together. They have literally no attack. They can hammer the worst teams at the pool, but whatever. They they kick the ball almost every opportunity because they, they can't attack, so they kick the ball. Uh, their defense is better than it was previously, and their set piece is strong, and here they are, and they're probably going to get to a semi final. Mm. Um, just a, an awful team, poorly coached, but with enough good players and commitment, in fairness, to be defensively solid, at least in this pool, and ability to take points when needed. It's it's very it's like a a team from the nineties. Yeah, the, like you just they're just not pros, but they're kind of semi pro. It's just a simple game. Um, like, yeah, you take your points, you have a good kicker, and you're solid. Then yeah, you know that'll win you most matches against most opposition, and they're yeah. a prime example of it. I think very, if England were going up against South Africa, South Africa would put fifty past them. Mm. <laughs> they just brutalized them. Um, yeah. I like, like to think like not, they're not going to face a great team till semi-finals. Yeah. So, and who knows? Who knows what injuries, nerves, tightness of semi-finals? Like random red cards. Yeah, like maybe France melt down against uh, the roast, <laughs> yeah. roast beef. Yeah, but I think um, they're past like, that. Just on the Argentina thing, like uh, that against England was so fucking disappointing. <laughs> yeah. That's the curry red card thing, wasn't it? Where like you, yes, yeah. I think all of us probably thought Argentina were maybe marginal favourites going into it on the basis of what we've seen prior to the tournament. Mm. Then the red card happens and you're like, okay, this can only go one way. And what, did Argentina score three points for the whole match or something? Like, It was mm. most upsetting. Because you felt like, what, Michael Cech is there now? They have a good squad. Like You were like, this is yeah. fucking perfect for you guys. They don't have halfbacks, it sounds like. They're, they're two nines who played most of the last five years are gone. Right, and I think one of their tens who normally is doesn't doesn't agree with the coaching staff or isn't picked. Okay, and the guy he's ten is he's fullback mainly, so yeah. that explains a lot of it. But still, like like they just couldn't do anything. As as much as yeah. I was insulting England, it, like Argentina just couldn't play against them. Oh, they just lost their heads from minute one. You know they're better than it as well, which is what was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like it was fed up, and like they still made it out fair play to them, but that was. They could have easily topped that group with all wins, I feel. Yeah, but, well, Jesus, it was not to be. Like, death by a thousand cuts, George Ford just slowly chipping away, and you're just like, you're better than this. What, I, what, what, what do you make of the whole English selections? Because I saw, I think they've put Marcus Smith at fullback. Yes, and... start, dropped uh, forward to the bench and started Farrell. I would never have dropped forward, I I don't think yeah, like they're, good, like they're not, they're not a good coaching staff. They're like a discount mm-hmm. Eddie Jones. <laughs> Without they're the, a real Eddie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, this story seemed to be there. Why would you get rid of Freddie Stewart? It's like, oh my god, their game plan is clearly not built to make use of these guys. <laughs> so why would you not just pick the most solid people? Like fucking Stewart at fullback. Is solid. George Ford. Yeah, like, like, solid. <laughs> like, yeah. and they do that against Fiji. <laughs> 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 I 
Like I can understand, like you go. Oh, they're going to try and out Fiji, Fiji when they like can't. The, like an old English team it. where big pack, ten who kicks the points, kick everything, fast wingers, solid fullback, big centers. Yeah, and they started changing it all for some strange. Why would you try and out Fiji, Fiji when you have shown absolutely no attacking impetus, as you said? Like mm. I don't know, maybe but they're, they're probably winning anyway. But like. Mm. It just seems bizarre. Like, again, you'd question like the thoughts behind some of these decisions. Like to me, that match against Argentina kind of set the framework of how they would yeah. maybe do well in this competition. Yeah, and that's just like lock everything down and then just kick your fucking goals. And and that's not a bad thing to do in a tournament. No, it's not. And they shown they could do it now. Yeah, as Argentina probably weren't the best, but. Mm. And Samoa like, probably should have won against them. Yeah, mm. yeah. But that, ironically, they were trying to attack in that match. Yeah. I, I, just, I felt like they, they definitely lack identity, I think. Yeah. It's like they... Yeah, I don't know. It's too confusing. The whole I just thing. love giving away red cards. That's their identity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I think we've kind of covered everything. Uh, teams. Yes, let's go. So, pool. Sorry, uh, the first fixture is Wales versus Argentina, which is at four o'clock Irish time. I think Wales. Uh, I think okay. either team could win, but Wales, I think, as for the reasons we've gone over, that they just, they're just they've more of a team about them. Mm-hmm. I Dave? think if you asked me before the Argentina Japan match, I would have said Wales, but I think Argentina are starting to. Uh, what's the word when things come together? Geek. Weave, it's like weave, but not weave. Yeah, I think starting to, yeah, that's the word. They're starting to meld into oh, like yeah. a good team ish sort of thing. I, I don't know what their run into the tournament was like, but on the basis of what I saw, I suspect it was bad. They beat uh, Australia in a crazy game. Yeah. Okay. Well, so they had warm ups. So I thought oh, I'm not sure they... the warm ups, sorry, but they, they in the championship, they beat Australia. But I feel like they're building, and on that basis, I'm going to say Argentina, but very narrowly. And as you say, I could certainly see Wales winning. But I, after that Japan match, I just think they're getting better iteratively, whereas I think Wales have been at a level. So if, if they can iterate again, Argentina, then I think they might just narrowly hmm. pip Wales. What about you? I'm going, to go, I'm going to go with the, the Welsh grind out a win in a match that isn't that particularly... Uh, probably, yeah like as in the skill levels and everything like I think it'll be intense because uh, it's knockout rugby and it'll be close enough but I think Wales will have too much in the end well as you um, said about Wales drag you down like the Japan Argentina <laughs> match was fucking great yeah and that was a knockout match so you'd be like you know there's no reason why this match couldn't be like that but then as you said Wales would just be like no we're not allowing that to happen <laughs> <laughs> what about so Ireland New Zealand at 8 o'clock tomorrow I think well, we didn't really talk about much this in this podcast yeah. but I think I think Ireland will win I think that New Zealand are rattled I, mm-hmm. I, I just think that everything about them is a poor imitation of years gone by mm-hmm. I think even the players that are the same are generally worse mm-hmm. um, there's very few players that are better than they were either four years ago or better than the guy they replaced. 
I think their coach is definitely a downgrade. I just can't seem to do even mind games. <laughs> I, I, I can see, I can see New Zealand scoring out of nothing, and then we are chasing, and the game's over pretty much. Mm. I can see like a red card or an injury, and we fall apart. We're not fall apart, but we just don't win. But I, I just think they've, they're just not good enough, which is yeah. very strange to say. Uh, very strange to say about a New Zealand team in a World Cup against Ireland in a quarter final. Yeah. But I just think we've got too much about us. We're so mentally strong. We have the momentum. We're battle hardened. We played two tough games in a row, very different games. New Zealand have, like, what did they learn against Italy? Yeah, I feel like New Zealand might nearly be gone cold hmm. because, like, the last time they've had a fucking serious match is against France in the first match of the tournament. Yeah. You know, that's. A long time ago now at this stage whereas we have it's Built. interesting what's more beneficial to be like battle hardened yeah that's always the greatest or, yeah and we always say about leinster like oh well we came unstuck because we weren't battle hardened and we're going to see now in real time like it's less less prolongated that's not a word but you know leinster's as a whole season so it's like a microcosm of that whether us who have just come out of our two toughest matches or them not having been tested at all. Yeah. Now, of all teams to not be tested at all and still be good, you'd sort of say New Zealand will benefit from that nearly because it'll yeah. give them confidence in their, you know, the way they usually play. So it's hardly that different them cutting a lesser team open than it is cutting a better team open, albeit yeah. the defence will be a heck of a lot tighter. But that type of, like, open plan free-flowing rugby you know it, it the fact that they lost so badly against south africa prior to the tournament now they've got a few of them performances under their belt yeah. it's all starting to stick you might think and then like that'll give them confidence against us yeah. but, uh, the thing is both teams are so good that one team could be slightly better on the day and just win by 12 15 points mm. like that, that yeah. could be the difference but I, I do think ireland i'll, I'll say by Three points or so, but I think we are the better team. Yeah, I think like uh yeah, you'd have to say Ireland. <laughs> it feels weird saying that because it is so close. But on the basis of everything, you know, yeah. it'd be cruel. And to be honest, I kind of just want a good performance. Like if we went down fighting to New Zealand, I'd be disappointed, sure. And I think it'd be a a, a great opportunity to go far in this tournament or even win it lost. But, like, we've never really shown up at a quarterfinal. Yeah. And given given everything that's happened, like, yeah. sure, as you've meant, alluded to earlier, like, the luck, everything's in place for it. So, you know. And maybe it all disappears from us. <laughs> I like to believe that that can't happen because, like, it shouldn't happen. But the nerves or whatever else or the pure psychology of it, you know, it's uncharted territory. Plus Going the fans, they'll make a difference. That is true. Yep. Going in against New Zealand and being like parity, if not favoured to win. That's, I feel like we've never been there. Mm. So, you know, so weird. It's it is. scary almost. <laughs> it, well, like, I think someone pointed out, Chicago was what, 2016, was it? Yes. So in the space of seven years we've come from never beating them to uh 
series wins away from home, multiple wins in Dublin, and now favourites in a knockout game. Like that's crazy. The amount of I progress. Those all the defeats like from 2010 onwards up until Chicago just done untold mental damage to me that, mm. that I can't like see them as not this thing that's like insurmountable nearly so yeah very hard to look at the match tomorrow and sort of acknowledge how good we are mm. even if we lose like yeah. it's to like, will we match that Rayburn thing or we'll set the record or something? We've it's beaten the record, I think. Yeah, which is impressive in and of itself. So, like, to even get to the position to, to match that record or beat it is, like, a testament mm. to just how good we are. And it would be disappointing to just shit the bed. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're so, they're so mentally strong. I don't see it happening, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to tip Ireland um, by three or four as well. Nice. Uh, okay, what about just super quick, we'll go through these ones. England, Fiji on uh, four o'clock on Sunday. England, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially after that fucking Portugal match. That just set the doubts rolling for everyone, I think, in relation to the Fiji dream. Yep. Uh, what about very quickly, France versus South Africa, which I think is actually going to be I'm looking forward to that more than our match. Yeah, the, our, our match is going to be good, but also nerve-wracking and yes. all that kind of crack. France, Africa is pure, this is great, two, yeah, two great teams. And now I'm going to see good rugby, whereas with our thing, I'm so fucking terrified that will shit the bed that I can't, like, say, yes. you know, if that... I can't enjoy the contest. <laughs> yeah, you know the way you were saying about, like, all the missed line-outs at the start of South yeah. Africa, and you just got very annoyed. If we kick off the New Zealand match... In similar fashion, like I'll be, it'd just be so hard to, and then go on to lose it. It'd be so hard to cope with it. I can only imagine what the players, especially given they've put in all the fucking groundwork to get here, and then to shit the bed. Like you can't, they can't, they can't do it. So, <laughs> um, sorry, Rob, you're asking about <laughs> France, Fr- France, you know, or sorry, France, France, Africa. Yeah. What's uh, your What's your guys' takes on uh, that? Because that that. That could. There's a good chance that France could get knocked out. There's, you know, I don't, I don't know Africa again. I really don't. Do you, so you prefer? Okay, I'm not going to say it, but to face France in the final, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like South Africa will have learned and look at how close they were to beating us anyway. And how many kicks did they miss? I feel, I feel so, like we got out of jail a bit there with that performance. Yeah. yeah, the line out was so shit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I can't see us beating them again. Depends on injuries and stuff. Like, um, but yeah, I, I think France will win if Dupont stays on the field. Yeah, very good. It, it, it's going to be an incredible match, though, and I can, I can understand the argument out of which way. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I want France to win. I hope France will win. I think France will win. But. Anything can happen, as you say. Uh, and I think it'd be good for the tournament if France won. Yeah. And I definitely think it'd be great. Not great, but the fact South Africa won last time, I'd like to have another winner this time. If that, if, We've never yeah. had a Northern Hemisphere and winner. I'd like to see South Africa go out in the quarters. That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I'm not saying this for like, oh, well, it served them right or anything. But 
you know, to have a Northern Hemisphere winner would be great. Uh, England are the only other teams that have done it. So, mm. you know, France or Ireland or whoever, England, <laughs> to win the yeah. whole thing would be great. Yep. Um, that kind of wraps it up. We'll probably come back again maybe even next week for the semi-finals. Um, unless we lose. Unless, <laughs> unless we lose, then we'll probably take a hiatus from rugby and just, you know, forget about it for a while. But, uh, also, I think Leinster are back next week. Um, 22nd, I think we're back. Uh, yeah. Or is this good? 28th. I think it's the 22nd. I think we're playing on a Sunday. Against Glasgow. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm warming up for my, my manic fandom. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think we'll leave it there. We've This was a long one, so... Thank you for listening and uh, good luck. Bye-bye. Bye.